This is the Business Stuff Podcast. This is where I will share the lessons I've learned from advising thousands of businesses over almost 30 years. Each episode will give you practical insight to allow you to learn from other people's mistakes. I'll be pulling in experts from our team and the world of business, and together we'll make sure your business is giving you what you want. My name is Martin, and this is the Business Stuff Podcast. Hi, it's Martin, and this is another episode of Business Stuff from Robson Laidler. I'm here today with Paul Cheatham from Paul Cheatham Coaching and Consulting. Consulting. Yeah. Um, Hi, and we're here to talk about emotional intelligence, aren't yeah. we, Paul? We are so, indeed. Let's start at the beginning. What is it? Um, uh, there's lots of different definitions about uh, what it is. Um, uh, I love the, the simplicity of it's about being intelligent with emotions. Right, yeah, it's kind of what it says on the tin, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. So I think there's a sense where people are a little bit scared of it when you say emotional intelligence, because I think they think it sounds it's... sounds fancy, convoluted. I think it just feels hip, like hip sitting around the campfire yeah. telling sad stories and, and weeping. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's not about that at all. It's, it's about using your intelligence um, to harness the power of your emotions. Right, okay then. So, so you know roughly what it is, it, I, I presume it, it impacts people's lives in, in multiple different ways. Mm. I mean, if we know what it is, do, do we know how to use it? Do, 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 we, you know, do we know how to spot when other people are using theirs? And I don't, I don't know, just take us, take us through the basics for yeah. people. Well, I'm going to take you back 2,000 years, if that's all right, to a little bit of... We've only got, we've got 20 minutes, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get through it, no doubt. Yeah, so uh, there's a famous quote from Aristotle where he says, you know, uh, it's easy for people um, to become angry. Anybody can do that. Um, but to be angry uh, at the right person, at the right time, to the right degree, um, is difficult. So that's controlling your emotions then? Yeah, because yeah. your emotions are there. It's about how do you blend your thinking and your feeling to make an optimal decision. Most of us are spending our time thinking about like rational decisions or when you go into work, it's often leave your emotions out of it. But your emotions are just so important because it tells you what's important to you. Yeah. Yeah. So is, is this connected to the saying about, you know, you have like a good feeling on something or, yeah. or are, we, are we in the same ballpark there? Yeah. Or not? yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, you, you can feel your emotions in all parts of your body. And sometimes, certainly when I'm um, doing individual coaching with people, when I talk about emotions, they sometimes find it difficult to name an emotion and to be able to articulate that. Yeah. So that's called emotional literacy. Have you got a great number of words? Can you define what the purpose of that emotion is? So where they find that difficult, often we just encourage them to start to think, well, where is it sitting? So where you might define um, uh, miffed, or what's the difference between miffed and, and furious, where does that sit? For some people it might be a little bit in the head, but something it's like, it's, it's visceral, yeah, it's, 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 in, the, or, or, it's yeah. in the gut, or it's tension in the shoulders, or even it's a clenched fist. Or, right, okay. So you can actually start to get a real good understanding about where some of your emotions might be appearing in your body. And I suppose the idea here is if you can understand the emotions that you that you can feel, you can then be aware, first of all. Yeah. That's the intelligence bit. Be aware how yeah. you feel and then adapt what you're about to do. Yeah. yeah. You can hold yourself back or you can let go if you need to or what whatever the right Yeah. So it's it's about being aware. It's not letting your emotions control you, is it? Yeah. It's controlling your emotions, but 
letting them out of the right time, like you said there yeah. with Aristotle. And I think that um, you know people use the word control, and, I, and it's not always my preference because that sounds like you're locking it up in a box. I yeah. prefer that bit around like channeling or harnessing because there's a bit where you're putting it to good use because it's a, a tool. Often people think of emotions. Yeah, because emotions aren't something to silence, are they? No. We don't, we don't want to get rid of emotion. Absolutely not. So, you, so you're right, channeling the, the power of the emotion is a better way to say than just keep it under control. 100%. But the first, as you rightly said before, that first bit is about noticing them. Now, I guess we can all probably do that maybe when we're watching a film and we're sort of maybe spotting somebody else doing it because we're a bit remote. Or with ourselves, maybe if we're you know, waiting for a train or um, potentially we're just sort of washing the dishes, you can say, oh, how am I feeling today? When you're in the, what I call the heat of battle in a conversation yeah. with a conflict at work or something like that, it's really difficult to be spotting. Yeah, if somebody asks you, well, how do you feel? Well, I feel angry, but are you also aware that you maybe feel a little bit of disgust? And what's the difference between anger and disgust? What is yeah. the different message that's sitting underneath there? You might even have a little bit of glee. Because I presume emotions all knock around in, in gangs and groups, do they? So, you know, frustration and anger are probably good bedfellows. And mm. is, is that a reasonable thing to say? It's not um, normally just a singular thing? It's definitely not a singular thing. And certainly where you get, um, I don't want to get too technical, but there's a, you, you have, um, on one particular model, a guy called Robert Plutchik did some studies of humans and animals. And he came up with this, like, the eight core emotions which relate to, that have a biological purpose. So that these are like singular things, but sometimes they're opposite of each other. But also he have these things called compound emotions. So for example, if you combine trust and joy equals love, so you start, you, right? so yeah. it doesn't work as simply as that, but there's almost but, but, like an equation there's, there's of building blocks. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it gets you introduced to the concept of all emotions being good data. They're not good or bad as such. So it's not like anger bad. Because anger gives a, a, an energy. Uh, a famous philosopher, I think it's called John Lydon from Public Image Limited, <laughs> had anger is an energy and it's true. If you were always pushing anger down and, you, and this is sometimes like that for me, if you're avoiding it, you're losing some of the anger that helps you overcome the obstacle the that you need. The very thing that gives you the energy, the adrenaline, the... Because it's all chemical as well, isn't it? it yeah. yeah. Emotions drive the chemical responses yeah. that give you what you need to yeah. do what you need to do, don't yeah. they? Yeah. And just even thinking about the word emotion, emotion, I like to think of it as energy in motion. And I think that's where people suffer from lots of challenges, maybe their personal and their work life too, is where the, the, the energy, the anger, or whatever the emotion is, sits inside. And if you're not doing anything with it, that's where it can become potentially corrosive. So how are yeah. you channeling this? How are you harnessing it to bring it to bear in? particularly in work situations. There's a great saying which I can't remember. I'm going to make a fist of this and hope you can pick it up. But this idea that if you're carrying around things like envy and, yeah. uh, and things like guilt, etc. Yeah. If you try and just bury them, they, they are corrosive. They do yeah. eat away. Yeah. It's the only thing you feel about someone else, but it, it, it hurts you. Yeah. It's, I, could, I could be sitting hating on you all day, <laughs> but it's only hurting me, isn't it? You're, if you're oblivious. Yeah. And if I haven't... I'm not saying I should act on hate in a violent way or anything, but but if I don't tell you yeah. why that's why you're making me annoyed or angry, yeah. well, it's never going to get anywhere. Is it? I love the term self-scientist because again, away from this sort of emotional intelligence being a soft thing, and it's like yeah. oh, people only sitting around hugging in campfires. 
it's actually you looking at yourself and going, hmm, I'm feeling envious or uh, frustrated. That's really interesting. I wonder, wonder why I'm feeling those emotions because really it's just you giving a message to you. It's a bizarre it's thing. So, it's, it's, it's not the devil or the angel, but yeah, it's, it's someone going, hold on, we're, we, we don't like that. You're giving yourself oh, data. Oh, this is great. Yeah. yeah. So if you are... I, I like what you said as well there, uh, Paul, about it's just data because a lot of people, when, when they hear the term mental health, they assume we mean poor mental health or bad mental yeah. health. But mental health is, is it's just a thing. It can be good or bad. Yeah. And emotional doesn't mean, oh, we not got all emotional. Yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah. I think when people say emotional, it often means like people get overwhelmed and that shows itself in their behaviour. Um, and when, when you, but, but you, you notice you don't say that when you're on a roller coaster and, you're, and you're overcome with excitement and joy. Yeah. You don't say, oh, you got all emotional. It, it's, it's attached normally yeah. the downside of the emotional, yeah. isn't it? You can't manage yourself or somehow you're, it's, you're, it's either you're, a bad thing. you're less because of that. Um, and sometimes though, even, even that sort of overwhelm and getting that out there, and I'll, I'll use an example and hopefully my wife doesn't watch this. Um, <laughs> where, where, I'll be staggered. <laughs> well, you know, one of my daughters sometimes follows me on LinkedIn, so oh, she'd right, probably yeah. tip yeah. out of the wise on that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I'm tend to be, in my, traditionally I was a barrier. I would like hide these emotions. I would keep the flat face. I would, you know, keep everything hidden. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying it's ideal either to uh, lose me shit and, and, go, and go mad and shout and bawl, because inevitably there's consequences. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Sometimes at least the pros and cons. So if I'm doing like a post review and go, I'm just going to be the self-scientist and I'm going to review what went on there. Here are the cons. I'm in the doghouse and I, you know, I'm not allowed to go to the pub this weekend. But, but, but what are the pros? Well, actually the pros are for the first time I've been able to articulate, my wife understands how I feel that this subject that we talked about is we really Im Im yeah. important to me. So it's going, well, okay, well, how, because that's what I really wanted. Because, because how, how you let the emotion out is something you then practice, presumably. So yeah. if you're really angry, you shouldn't bury it. It shouldn't erupt out of you violently, but you, it should come out. And, and, and that's where I think, certainly where, Bit like you, my wife, if she ever did watch this, <laughs> hopefully she's give up by now. Um, would 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 say, well, well, I feel like sometimes I lose the, you lose the argument, even though you've you've got the right point, but you're just not making the argument well. Yeah, yes, yeah, so it, it cause, is because it does come out the wrong way, doesn't it? And this is where that part about being smarter with your feelings, yeah, um, it is really important. Um, Sorry, I had a, a point that sort of cropped in my head there and floated back out again. Sorry, yeah. It, what I love about emotional intelligence is this isn't a script that I like work with people I'm coaching or training leadership teams with or training, you know, groups of technical people in. This is about you finding where is the right place to to find that sweet spot of how you might let that out yeah. and how you might manage that. Because for some people, it may well be that, you know, hold, 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 but then still channel is better. For some people, it's like, I need to get that out straight away. You've got to find, like Aristotle says, the right time, the right moment, yeah. not just necessarily for the situation, but for you. So if you do have people who maybe have different styles, different personalities, introvert, extrovert, all that type of stuff, each person introvert might well 
you know, have the same emotions as an extrovert, but might feel more comfortable channeling it in a particular way. They might want to write a considered email to tell people how yes, they feel, yeah. as opposed to standing up in front of a group of 100 people and telling them what they think of them. Yeah. So you're still doing it, but in a way that's authentic and feels right for you, rather than being a prescriptive approach. There's also times when you can't let your emotion out. I would imagine if you're a fighter pilot, you, you know, it's, it's life and death. You can't just go, actually, pause everything. I'm just going to have a bit of a cry. This is too much. <laughs> or if you're one of those guards at Buckingham Palace with the bear hats on, they've just got to stand motionless. I would yeah. imagine they'll quite often go and take the hat off, put the gun down and kick the table or something. Yeah, yeah. Depending on what kind of day they've had. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's the right time and the right way. Is the important thing that you just, that you acknowledge and deal with the emotions then, not necessarily how you deal. Um, you know what, because uh, 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 um, one of the descriptions talks about like, you know, blending thinking and feeling to make optimal decisions. And when I'm working with people, I'll go, they'll talk about, so it's the right decision then, it'll help you make the right decision. I'm not going to guarantee that anything you do will be the right decision. Yeah. What you are doing is experimenting with your life. You know, people call emotional intelligence a soft skill. It's yeah. not, it's bloody hard because what you're doing is you're trying something new and then going, did this work? What are the pros and cons? You know what? I used to do was, this. Was the outcome better? I'm trying something new. You know what? It went even worse. But the worst thing you can then do is go, well, I'm not trying that because it didn't work that time. Yeah. It's a bit like, I guess, if you're trying to find an antidote to COVID or something, you go, well, I've tried it at this heat, this, these chemicals, or oh, that didn't work. I'm not going to try it again. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I'm going to try a different heat. I'm going to put it in the freezer. I'm going to put different chemicals in. I'm going to, oh, that didn't work either, but it felt like we got closer. So it's about you experimenting. And sometimes something that worked might not work the next time. You know why? Because it's a different circumstance with a different person. Or it might have been a different feeling. And your, your, your emotional literacy failed you. You thought you were angry, you weren't. You were frustrated. You were, yeah. you were mad. Mad's yeah. different to angry somehow. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so Paul, we've, we've, we've covered quite a few areas already. And there's, 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 we, we could go into loads of other areas. I suppose there's a couple of things here. What's, what, why is it important that you yourself understand these mm. things? Yeah. It, is, is, is this almost like... Could your emotions be subconsciously making you do things you're not even aware of? Um, and, and, and if you can get it, you'll stop doing these things unconsciously and make conscious decisions? Is yeah. that, is there a... Well, they are. I mean, for, for most of us, I think, and, you know, we often go about our day um, on autopilot. You know, we've built up our patterns throughout our life and we'll always respond to certain situations in, in certain ways. Yeah. So... Um, so again, you're right, in many aspects, our emotions are controlling us. And they might not be loud. They might just be sub, subliminal yeah. things like, yeah. um, like if you suffer from maybe anxiety, which is attached to maybe sort of an element of fear, therefore, even at a low level, so I'm not talking about overwhelming stuff, just at a low level, that'll decide how, how you... Um, uh, deal with situations at home maybe if you're confronted in the street or at work if they've got situations that might involve like you know tackling a thing that's going wrong it, 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 you're not consciously aware because that's your normal way of dealing with it. unless you acknowledge that you're living your life potentially with a low level of anxiety or fear of confrontation a great a great, a great example would be it. someone who's classically shy and they feel like everything they do is embarrassing yeah and they're going to not say yes to things that are person who isn't living with that, mm. they would say, well, I don't mind. Yeah. It's a bit of fun to me. 
the same action could cause excitement in one person, but embarrassment and dread in another, couldn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, so again, you've got to, and I, and I think, and I, and I think this is one of the most important things for me. This, this is where I think emotional intelligence is really useful. If you're trying to run a business, run a team, you're in a team. If you speak to people in your personal life, business life, it doesn't matter. You need to know what's going on in you, but it's also handy if you can pick up what's going on over there, isn't it? 100%. So if you, if you were looking really nervous <coughs> now, your knee was going and you were you're clenching your glass, I wouldn't be a very good employer or manager or, or pal or anything if I yeah. didn't go, are you all right, Paul? Yeah. So you're right. It's like a, an internal aspect to it, but there's also that external aspect. Um and I know you can sort of, you know, people would look and go, hey, the empathy bit, that's sort of a bit about really connecting with others and I'm good at that, but maybe not so good myself. I always think that's really tricky. So if you can't even spot your own emotions and you're not aware of that, how the hell are you going to do that with other people yeah. where it is? You know, at least you have like a bit of an inside view to you, yet you, you don't really so much with, with yeah, other people yeah. unless they're, they're eliciting that <laughs> themselves. So that external stuff is important. also that expression, you know, knee tapping and, and clenched fist could mean anything. You could be nervous. You could actually just have a pain in your knee. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, so... But, but but then I suppose the skill is then is is is, is if, if you know what the emotions are and how they can affect people, I suppose the, the way to get around well what you're feeling is to ask how you're feeling. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I suppose we don't probably do enough of that, do we? We don't, and I think there's a, a sense of normalising it. So certainly when I've worked with groups and teams, it's it's really powerful because it I guess it gives that team an active permission to go authentically. You know, we went on that course with Paul, so we now know we can go. Actually, we feel excited about today, but also a sense of nervousness and anticipation. Um, but also a bit of there's a bit of anger there because I feel paid yeah. off about something. And you go, oh my God, you've got you've got you've got lots of emotions roiling yeah, around yeah, inside. Yeah. That's really interesting. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about those? And if that's the leader doing it particularly, because you want to know whether the leader is happy with maybe the strategic direction or whether people are delivering on where they're at in terms of progress. But if then you feel like they're doing this, he or she's doing that, and then therefore you can go, well, you know P what? Permission to, yeah. Permission to also say the same, and that leader goes, you know what? I've now got more data about my team. Yeah. If we're going through a change process, um, we all know it's not necessarily how much logical sense that change makes. It's how people feel about that change is going to be critical success. I need to address the fact that some people are scared because we're moving too fast. So change is scary. Because change is scary. But also exciting. And, and which one are you? Yeah. Yeah. So you're going, actually, we're so, hey, we've mentioned scared, we've mentioned that, but also excited. Can we do a bit more depth then? Where do you see the balance are in terms of like 80, 20, 90, 10, yeah. 40, 60? What and are you then, scared of? What are you excited about? Yeah. So you're really getting into it. And then at the end of that session, you've actually you've had to spend a bit more time. But believe you me, that prevents it. The, the, the wheels have fallen off without the chief exec knowing six months later. Because this, this, this sounds like there'll be people listening who kind of go, hold on, if I'm talking about merging two offices or yeah. buying a competitor, you know, and these are all things that, could drive a whole load of emotions. They'll be thinking, hold on, we need to sort out, you know, the office rents, the insurances, the, the letterhead and the practical like. things. Yeah. It's like, I'm not gonna worry about that. I mean what do, do, do you probably can't give an answer here, but 
is is there a healthy amount you should always make sure you cover off to make sure you're looking at other things <laughs> you know it sounds like i'm always being vague but it's definitely about the team the situation so if it's like so it's, it's aristotle's like, talk about them the appropriate amount yeah and what so you know hopefully you've got a, some sense of the team if, or you're talking about merging offices but there's going to be redundancies is very different of what you know what color paint or want on the new office i was going to say <laughs> yeah what you can't do is have 20 things on an agenda and after everyone go right how are you feeling about that yeah you, you, you can't like as long as you can read the room and get a feel you, you, i think as long as you've got it it's like a, a thing on the agenda i've called it data earlier so if you're talking about like a a change in the business there might be some logical change in terms of hey it's more customer facing we're looking more streamlined systems we're looking at a, a greater it input here and if you're so you're getting all of what i call the rational data the logic yeah. of why merging two offices might make sense but then you're going actually i need because we are dealing with we're not dealing with robots we're dealing with biological human beings and we're dealing with the part of their brain that is millennia older than our rational logical brain yeah, yeah, so yeah. therefore I know that how they feel about it's more important than the factual does it make sense yeah. so if you're not giving in my view an equal amount of time to spend time with your people individually collectively finding that out if you're not gathering that data you're likely not to be as successful in terms of how that merge works yeah yeah because it always have someone goes we didn't even ask me well, I wasn't asked. I didn't. I didn't put any input in. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like it's lower down the agenda. And this is where I feel that sense of frustration. It's you know, and I grew up in HR where it's all about policies and procedures and doing the right thing and that type of stuff. But all that was just really like the surface. It was a bit yeah. of a sham. And it was only over the years that you start to realise like what's important. So can I just give you an example? Yeah, so. Like I did, I, years, you know, years I did training with managers on how to do a good disciplinary. De it's dead easy, you know, but most managers, because they're managers, they're intelligent, they know the process, they know the, the, the boxes steps. to tick. Yeah. The reason why people, managers don't even enter into disciplinary sometimes is how they feel about it. Of course, yeah. The, the way they conduct the disciplinary interview will be how they feel about it. The outcome, of that disciplinary will also be how they feel about it. <laughs> yeah, they, they walk in, you know, pumped full of nervous energy, fear, worry that they're gonna get angry. It's like, you can't control that. You've just gotta know your bit, know what you're doing. Yeah. And then, yeah. So why are HR people, and I'm saying HR people, but why are HR people in businesses not guiding their managers on how to deal with their emotions and oh, I, really, I really feel like angry with this person so I'm going to teach them a lesson or I feel really scared here in case we get taken to tribunal I end up getting the bollock and later down the line. It's interesting you say that because um, in this very room not that long ago there, there, was, there was an example of someone who clearly lets their emotions make too many decisions in their business mm. um, and it's funny you mentioned a disciplinary there because because they'd stopped the, their team from carrying out a proper disciplinary that should have been done because they were in a good mood, oh, don't spoil the mood. And then a couple of days later, something tiny happened. They went, right, that's it, you're out, clear your desk. And you're like, hold on, yeah. I hadn't done anything that day. Yeah. It was, and, and, and that was clearly emotion being too in control. Yeah. Or would you say then it's actually 
they weren't aware that it was their emotion that was stopping them doing the right thing the first time. Yeah, and definitely, so we always sometimes think about the, the I guess again, there's no such thing as good or bad emotions, but we go, oh, lots of anger, bad, lots of joy, good. Now, what, what you're doing, isn't what's, it? what's an intensity of joy? It's ecstasy. Now, if you're into drugs, but like in terms of that ecstatic state, yeah, yeah. If you come in in the morning and you're a boss and somebody comes in, hey, can I have a peer rise today, Paul? And I've just had the best night of my life at the best concert with my friends and I feel amazing. Yeah, no problem. Or, or such and such has done this. No worries. Can I have three weeks off? Absolutely. So, oh no, forgot to check the rotor. There's if nobody's you're, in. If you're, if you're as a leader are going, I'm aware that I feel like on a, in a really like, ecstatic state this morning. I feel amazing. I'm not so sure that like if I get this, you might just go, hey, you know, Tom, Sally, can, I tell you what, can, how about we we'll park this conversation to tomorrow? Then you go, yeah, that was that was influencing my so decision making there. So, so actually, that's what's quite interesting there then is, because I presume there's ways to practice yeah. being aware of your emotion and yeah. then when not to do things. Because you just said there, if, 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 you, if you've got a neutral, which is all of your emotions are just kind of there, mm. but nothing's dominant. Yeah. I presume that's the sweet spot for doing something. I don't know quite how to phrase this, but yeah, you don't want to you don't want to have the nightmare commuting. You've you know you've ran over six people, you've had a fight on the way in, and then come in and do a disciplinary. Yeah, yeah. Just as much as you don't want to run the pools last night and do a disciplinary. Yeah. Because one you won't care, and one you'll go too far. Yeah. Is there a way to kind of say, hold on? I've got to do this now. This is the time. Yeah. I don't want this to get in the way. Is there a way to then say, hold on, I'm going to sit for five minutes. I'm going to have a talk with myself. I'm going to do some breathing. Is there a way to Look, There's lots of things the you, you can do. Um, sometimes that's, again, talking to either yourself. It might be getting it out there. It could be talking to somebody else. Yeah. Um, it could be even doing a bit of journaling and writing down your emotions. So... Um, remember the name of the person but uh he came up with this phrase naming is taming because yeah, i think there was a identified it yeah yeah so i think there was a, a study over in ucla um where they did some of these like brain imaging things um and they showed that by people naming that their, their fears or naming what the images they saw actually lessened that sort of um uh, amygdala like emotional brain and and started to bring more in balance that that thinking and feeling so the, you just the, get the, the, the logic kind of went i know what you're up to yeah. yeah, but what you do is you're paying attention to it because yeah. you are going, this is it, play here. You know, it's a bit like you wouldn't make a decision if you had a, you know, probably 10 pints, you know, at a lunchtime. I'm sure that happens, but, you know, you wouldn't make that decision. But it's the same thing when we have that real chemical sort of heightened sense of like anger or joy or disgust yeah. or whatever. Some things that might go, mm, that's not really the best way. I need to maybe understand what that emotion is telling me about me. You know what? I do feel like I've been affronted. I do feel like somebody's ignoring what I'm saying. Um, they're, you know, uh, they're not paying attention to me. So uh, that's what's causing that. So I need to take that into account because I do feel hard done to here. Yeah. But what I'm going to do is going to think about it and make sure that I'm still taking that emotion into account what that says about me in the situation but i'm also going to look at what are the facts too so let's put those two things together and see if i get the right yeah. outcome here yeah. okay that's it right so, so i suppose to finish off then what 
one thing that's quite apparent, and I, and, I, and I know this from speaking to people and obviously the stuff we do at Robson Alex, we, 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 we do do courses yeah. on this, training on yeah. this. But if I go back to when I first started here, we never did anything. There, there was, yeah. there, we never would have spent the afternoon talking about feelings, stress, <laughs> emotions, how to spot things in others, how to deal with scenarios. It, it, I think the cynics would predict your answer, but I think I know the right answer as well. Is there, are there too many workplaces, too many employers, managers who are just ignoring this and just focusing on technical ability? Yeah. It's like, oh, they can stick stuff together really well. That's all we need. Yeah. And ignoring the fact that they're a nightmare or they're, yeah. It, I mean, it, it depends what they want. If they want to have an organisation that completely ignores this, then they're not going to be as successful. And certainly the research, I think the latest is called the State of the Heart report, clearly shows there's like um, a correlation between um, the success factors and uh, levels of EQ, emotional quotient, yeah. are extremely strongly correlated, something like 53%, which I think is around twice the predictive power of IQ against success factors. Right, that's so, interesting. Um, uh, it, so if you've got you know, a well-balanced team who are in touch with the emotions, you, you're more like, it's a similar, yeah. And we, and we all know businesses who look after their teams, happy team, happy business, happy business, happy customer, yeah. happy customer, successful business. It, exactly. Like, there's, there's loads of examples of, you know, opposing airlines. I mean, there's some great case studies if you, if you look mm -hmm. into this. Um, but also... You know, it's interesting. I saw the lady who was involved, who who's in charge of um, the volunteer experience at the London Olympics. Yeah. I can't remember her name, but she was mm -hmm. a great speaker. Yeah, and she, you know, she talked about how making sure everyone was in the right frame of mind, happy, da, da, da. not to ignore what they were up to, but you know, just mm. and, and it was a fantastic success as a result. You know, um, whereas you could quite easily have said, "Yeah, I'm sitting on that chain, don't move," and da, da, da. yeah, and if they'd ignored, you know long-winded here but one really good example they said is they said look we want to make sure the volunteers all don't do the same thing for weeks on end yeah so you'll do some ticket stamping one day you'll do some you know passing flags to winners the next time or you'll yeah. do that and they knew that if they just ignored how people felt about what they were doing it wouldn't work yeah and you think about the feeling of that you know event and you know what they wanted to bring i guess to the uk and and the world so well, anybody who came who who was there whether you're a spectator a participator a journal mm. whatever you were they wanted everyone to get a fantastic experience and yeah. by and large i think they kind of did that yeah you know? and i think just to maybe finally say on that that sense, and you talk about those businesses who may just ignore that, whether you like it or not, that will project to your customers and stakeholders. So yeah. if you're not paying attention to how you feel, how your team around you feels, how people in your organization feel, that will impact your product or the delivery of your product, no matter how technical that may be. It, your, your customers will be impacted, I guarantee yeah. it. Well, again, there's this, this um, recent examples. We'll, we'll, we'll not name drop, but there's, there's, there's always the high-profile example of the business who mm. doesn't internally act the way they externally portray. Oh, we're a kind, caring business. Then it slips that the CEO's been running around, you know, mm. shouting and bawling at people, and you know, it's like, yeah, it, it, you, you can't keep the pretense up long, can you? You mm. kind of have to do this. Yeah. You can't just say you're doing it. You've got to do it. 
If you're not even pretending you're doing it, then you're, then, yeah. then you're definitely failing, aren't you? The thing is with this, though, this is all about continuous practice. Are we human beings? You know, are we flawed? Do I, you know, having studied this for many years, do I still get it wrong? Absolutely. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> we've just had a text in off, off, off Mrs. Cheatham. Yes, he does. <laughs> he does get it wrong. And you know what? I still do, and, I, and that's where I love it. You know, there's not a judgment with it. It's just going, come on, start to try and pay attention to this. One because you think it's the right thing to do and you, you, you want to do the best for you and you want to care for your people. But even if that's not your prime motivation, do it because there's a clear case for business success if yeah. you get this thing right. Because most people in business care about their, their product, their customers, their team, or money. This takes all of them, doesn't it? 100%. Yeah. Doesn't matter whether you care if Betty's happy or not. You want it to be happy and you, you, want, you want the right setting because you'll make more money. Yeah. So if you're tempted to dismiss this, you do so at your peril. It will cost you money. Is that a, is that In, a reasonable thing to say? Indeed, yeah, and yeah, your people too, but yeah, money as well. Right, so, so Paul, we normally ask, we, we, we don't always, but try and ask with just, what's the, what's the one thing in this area that people are just getting wrong all the time? Just mm. as a, like a little takeaway. Yeah. Um, leave your emotions at the door when you come into work. And I think that's just- So you're not, you're, you're not saying that as guidance, you're saying that's saying, the thing that's, that's the wrong. Worst, that's the that's worst wrong. thing yeah. people can think, or you know, leave your personal troubles at home, leave your emotions at home. You know, it's not, you know, when say people bring their emotions, you know, um, uh, Brené Brown, I think said, when you numb one emotion, you numb them all. So people need their emotion for to dr the drive to get the job done, to be creative, yeah. to work with other people and collaborate. Emotions are needed for those. Uh, and uh, if you come in and you and your go, my boss won't allow any emotions, then how do they know like how that job's going? I love that, I love that, yeah. Yeah, you can't just switch your emotions off, you need your emotions. It's a drawbridge. It's like, is it up, you know, and you can have it like maybe slightly up or down, but like mm. that, that sense. If you try to numb Because you, you couldn't yeah. passionately do anything if you weren't emotional, could you? No, in, in, no, definitely not. It's as simple as that, yeah. yeah. Tell you what. Bring your emotions to work today. Indeed. Starting tomorrow at Robson Laidler. <laughs> um, listen, Paul, that's been fantastic. Thank you very no, much. No, thank you for inviting me along. Um, I hope you've all enjoyed that and picked something up. Um, I certainly have, and I'm definitely gonna try and think about a couple of those things. Even if all I do is if I miss it at the time and it's too late, I'll come back and I'll diagnose after. Yeah. And then readdress and, uh, and see what could do better next I've got some good time. tools to help you do that. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> no worries. Um, Paul will put all your links, etc., in the thing. But for now, thank you very much. Yep, thank really you, Martin. Thank you.